0: Welcome to the Life, Success, and Legacy podcast. We're super excited. We are taking on a worthwhile endeavor at Life, Success, and Legacy. Our intention is to honor Nelson Nash, the man, as well as the infinite banking concept. We're going to create a series of resources, including podcasts and text, as a resource for others who want to truly understand with depth and clarity what Nelson shared in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker as well as the many seminars and think tanks that we were fortunate to have attended during his life. So who is this intended audience? Well, we will use Nelson Nash's own words. It is written for the layman, not for financial advisors, but all life agents should be thoroughly knowledgeable of its content and practice. So whether you are an individual, part of a family, a business owner, or a life insurance agent, this is for you. So sit back, relax, and we will walk you through Becoming Your Own Banker step by step so you can reference the parts you want to revisit at your own pace, and we might have a little fun along the way. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Life Success and Legacy podcast. We are making our way through Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, and uh, Mike and I are really excited about this next section. It's called The Grocery Store. Um, it is on page 15 of the of the fifth edition, uh, if you're following along in your book. And I'm actually going to start this off with the very last sentence of the section. It says, if you understand the grocery store, the rest of learning how to become your own banker is a piece of cake. Mm. Well, many people don't understand the grocery store <laughs> they do not understand what don't steal the peas mean they don't understand what going out the front door versus the back door mean they don't understand why you would charge your family uh, additional on top of the cost of of the the standards uh cost of um, a can of peas so we're going to dig into this and i want to preface it this way if you can think about your IBC system or your IBC policy as a business or a bank that you own. If you have that in your mind, I think that'll help you as we go through this. So think about your policy or your system of policies is your business, it's your grocery store, it's your bank, it's something that you and your family use, okay? we're going to dig into this and break it down. Mike Everett, I am excited to hear you talk about this. Um, I'm actually just going to stop. Why don't you jump into the grocery store and kind of of paint a picture for people about why Nelson uh, uses the grocery store as an example?
1: Well, I'm going to kind of bounce through all of this uh, first uh, uh, column on on this. It says, I'd like you to examine the process of getting into the grocery business. Uh, You're going to be a consumer and a seller of the same thing. The awesome thing about the grocery store is you have an unlimited market. So every single person is a potential customer. And more importantly, you and your family are those customers. So if you've got just yourself and your family, they call them captive customers. That means that it's somebody that's going to come to your grocery store. Now that all sounds fine and great but you know here's the, here's the main uh problem that most people don't understand I don't know anything about a grocery store and so um chances are along with the grocery store just like infinite banking we're going to have to study we're going to have to figure out what the grocery store is all about so we're going to have to do maybe I'm gonna say six months to 18 months of study of the grocery business. That's gonna take time. Are we making any money yet? We are not. So that's gonna take some time and it's gonna take some expense. Now, if we're gonna study this and all of a sudden we say, you know what, I'm gonna get into the grocery business, Um, we're probably gonna need to find a location. So we're gonna have to find a location that is a prime spot. Um, the old saying, what is it? Location, location, location. So uh, we're gonna have to buy a prime piece of land. Is that going to cost us any money? You better believe it. it's gonna cost us dearly. Uh, oh, by the way, have we made any money yet? We have not. We are, we've are. we got time now, we've got uh, location. Uh, now, when you drive into the parking lot, does the building need to be nice looking? Absolutely, so we're gonna to have to construct an absolutely gorgeous building. I, I, I'm not a big warehouse grocery guy, I wanna to go to the good looking grocery store down on the main corner. So we're gonna to need to build a building. Now when we walk into the business, does the arrangement of the business need to be just about perfect? It does, okay, so over here's the checkout area, then we go over here to the left side, that's where all the produce is, and then we go around to where the deli is and all of the bakery on the back sides the meats. Clear over on the far right is the dairy. So uh, we're gonna have to actually construct shelves, we're gonna need freezers, we're gonna need all kinds of uh, equipment, shelving, all kinds of things. So that's gonna cost us a little bit more money. Now, the great thing is we're gonna have to purchase inventory to put on all of the shelves because we want the shelves to look full. Uh, Oh, by the way, have we made any money yet? We have not. So um, we're gonna have to put lots and lots and lots of inventory on those uh, shelves. Now, as you and I are going through the grocery store and grabbing cans of peas and meat off the shelf and bread and stuff, the shelves are empty. So guess what? We've got to have people to fill those shelves back up. So we're gonna need to hire employees. Um, we're probably going to need to pay them and provide them benefits. And we're probably going to need to do a little advertising. Now, does that sound like a grocery store? It does. Yes, it does. So here's the awesome thing. We've spent six to 18 months figuring out what this thing's all about. We've taken time to find find a piece of land, we've taken time to build a building. Oh, by the way, that's cost us a ton of money. We've put up shelving, we've put in inventory, we've hired a bunch of employees. We haven't even opened the doors up for our very first day yet. So all of a sudden, I call all of the people, I call Chris Bay, I call Mike Crawford, I call Shelly Forbus, everybody on our team who is now all part of the grocery store team, and I say, hey, you know what? We've spent uh, probably two, two and a half years uh, building our new grocery store, and I just realized that my cupboards are bare. So I call everybody and I say, hey, um, why don't we meet up at the grocery store and be our very first customer? So we all meet up at the grocery store. We grab our carts, we're pushing them all around the store. And so here's what we're doing. We're filling up our carts. Now, here's the big question that we always ask everybody. We're our very first customers. I've got all kinds of things in my cart. So the big question we always ask is, what door are you gonna go out? You're gonna go out the front door and pay retail. Remember, we've already purchased all of this Inventory, the meat, the uh, the dairy uh, the uh, the bakery, we got everything we've already paid wholesale for it. Are we gonna go out the front door and pay retail or are we just gonna go, you know what? already bought this stuff. I'm just gonna go out the back door and take it home ninety nine percent will say, I'm going out the back door because I already purchased that stuff. Well, let's see here. Second column, midway down, it says the objective of the business is to provide you with income and to build a business that you eventually sell to someone to provide you with a retirement income. Hmm. So Nelson uses a can of peas, but I'm gonna use a gallon of milk because it is just so much simpler to understand a gallon of milk. So every week I go in and I just take one gallon of milk I put it in my cart and then I go out the back door. Does anybody have any idea what the wholesale cost of a gallon of milk is? It's three bucks. Do you know how much they sell a gallon of milk for? $3.10. So I'm making 10 cents per gallon of milk. So this is why you always hear, when retail business, we've got to turn the inventory, we've got to turn the inventory over and over and over. Um, how many gallons of milk do I need to sell to replace just the one gallon of milk? I have to sell 30. Now, if I'm doing this with steaks and ribs and chicken and cookies and ice cream, Can you see over time what that's going to do to the profitability of your business? So part of what we want people to understand is you must learn to pay retail for your own inventory and the inventory that we're talking about when we get down into the weeds of the grocery store business is nothing more than the cash that flows in your hands and out of your hands. So we're helping people understand that cash flow is their inventory. Now, I've given you probably a six to eight minute, uh, you know, expository of the grocery store business, but the bottom line is, if we're going to try to sell this store 10, 20, 30 years from now, and we end up stealing all the groceries out out the back door. What's our bottom line gonna look like 30 years from now? It's gonna look horrible. But the guy who owns the grocery store across the street, smaller grocery store, by the way, he hasn't violated any of those rules. So what's his bottom line gonna look like? His profitability is gonna look unbelievable on paper so the bottom line is what we want people to understand is you must not violate that principle
0: let's let's and connect it, some dots for people because um let's do it. because you know a lot of folks who read through the grocery store they're they're tracking when they're just thinking about that but then they're like now how in the world does this connect to my money and my banking system let's give an example Um, I'm thinking of a client that we were recently talking with um, not quite a client actually we're just starting applications for them and they're getting ready to um, purchase a a new vehicle and Mm -hmm. they have money in savings and let's just leave IBC policies out of the mix let's just say they've got money in a savings account and they're like okay we've got enough to pay cash for that car right And this is where EVA, economic value, comes into play.
1: That's
0: right. Let's say you're buying a a $30,000 car. You've got $30,000 in the bank, and so you just take it out and you go pay cash for the car. Then what happens after that if we're applying Nelson's grocery store principles? What should we do if we borrow our money and go pay cash for something? Should well, we charge ourselves for the use of that
1: money? Well, absolutely. So, you know, you use a great example when we do the uh, saving money versus borrowing the money. And, and if anybody is uh, listening right now, this would be a great opportunity if you ever get a chance to do one of our virtual boot camps where we actually do a video virtual boot camp We go through tons of examples that'll help people understand why this works, but what ends up happening is, if you turn around and pay cash for that, you actually uh, thwart the, the compound interest that you possibly could be making on this. So, if you were going to do this yourself, let's just pretend that you're a bank, and you use this example because in our brains, we're not thinking like bankers. So if we turned around and we were borrowing the money from the bank, would we have to pay an interest rate to the bank? Absolutely, so what we're doing is, by the way, the name of this book is Becoming Your Own Banker. We are setting up dividend paying whole life insurance policies to work exactly like the bank. So in the midst of all of this, The grocery store example is a perfect example of how we're doing this. It takes time to get the grocery store up and going, and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna show people how to pay retail and continue to build this and turn their inventory over and over and over with infinite banking and the dividend paying whole life insurance policy. We're doing the same exact thing. It takes time to build your system, and then we're gonna show them how to utilize the inventory over and over and over and pay themselves retail for the dollars that they would utilize out of their system and then apply economic value added to that. So they would increase the value, increase the potential usage and utilization of their own banking system.
0: Now Mike, um, in some cases it can, it can feel hard for people to you know, if, if they've just paid something off, say they paid off a credit card and they're like, man, now we can pocket that money and and add to our, our living expenses. And what we encourage people to do is now turn that payment. Well, you've now taken that that outside yep. debt, the credit card. You've now made it inside debt. You want to continue to make that same payment to your system where you get to reuse it. So in the beginning, it can feel like it's a slow process. And I want to transition mm. us to boiling water on this, okay? Yeah. The bottom of the, of the uh, second column. At yep. the beginning, it may feel slow and methodical. And it may feel like this isn't working. But at some point, that flywheel starts to get going. Can you talk about um, Nelson's example of boiling water at the bottom of the second column on page
1: 15? Well, I'll tell you, that was a... Uh, uh, that was an aha moment for me. I'd heard Nelson talk about this. Okay, so you take a pan of water and you put it on the on the stove. And you know, he uses at sea level, but I don't think it makes any difference really where you're at. But how long does it take to get water to heat up? It seems like forever. You know, they, the old saying, the watch pot never boils. Um, but the bottom line is, you can heat water up to whatever you want, but Nelson uses 210 degrees. Now what what is water if you heat it up to 210 degrees? It's nothing more than hot water. But it takes, it seems like forever to get to 210 degrees, but how long does it take from 210 to 212 degrees? It seems like it is just a moment's time. All of a sudden you see the 210 degrees, it's hot water, and then it becomes boiling water. And what does that do? It produces live steam and it has power. Now, I don't know if you want me to share my example. Go for Um, it. I think
0: real, real examples are helpful for people.
1: So, so many people who have come to our live boot camps have heard this story. You know, when I when I got into IBC, it was a brand new endeavor for me. So it takes a little while. Oh, this example is a perfect example. It takes a little while for you as a infinite banking agent coach to be able to generate income. So I started out with some policies. I had turned around and taken policy loans against my policy and utilized the cash. But one of the things that I didn't do was, I never paid back the loans. And this is exactly what we're talking about in the grocery store business. So I literally went through two years of infinite banking as a as an individual, not as a coach, but as an individual. And I realized that all of a sudden, I was going to need to meet with Nelson Nash to explain to him that I had totally disregarded the principles. Think long term, don't be afraid to capitalize, and don't steal the peas are the three main principles. I'm going to tell you what. What ended up happening was I met with Nelson. I explained to him that I'd borrowed the money to start my policy. I had borrowed, I had then taken policy loans against my policy policies, and I had never paid back any of the money in the first two plus years. Nelson said to me, he said, we'll start paying back the loans today. Now keep in mind, what I thought I was going to have to do was give some huge explanation of why I'd totally screwed up my plan. And Nelson made it so simple. By the way, if anybody uh paid any attention to the last page. It is really of imagination. It is an exercise in simplicity. Well, let me just tell you what I did is I paid my my first policy loan back the very next month. And I'm gonna tell you what happened in my brain. I went from 210 degrees to 212 degrees and it happened just like that. But all of the time that my, I had been leading up to the 210 slash 212 degrees, it seemed like it took forever. But then all of a sudden, the power of the infinite banking concept was, it became fully evident in my life. And it changed how I was able to teach people about the infinite banking concept. It was a major, major, major lead time for me, but it was unbelievable.
0: So in a sense, um, I'm looking ahead in, in this section uh, on page 16, down to the third paragraph, the last sentence says, just consider if your wife, and let's put in parentheses, Mike Everett, steals <laughs> one can of peas, <laughs> You would have to sell twenty to make up for it. So you can see, uh, my 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 guess is, Mike, that there at the beginning you were having to push and exert a lot of energy, a lot of money oh. on the flywheel. But over time, as you continue to push on that, it reached a point where that flywheel now is just flowing on its own. You can't even it stop. Just it just does because something. It's going so that's fast. right. Yeah. Um, there's one additional piece that I that we don't touch on a lot in our boot camps. But as I was rereading this section, it really jumped out at <laughs> me. And and that is when when we're in business, we have a silent partner. That is the Internal yeah. Revenue Service, the IRS. And they're pulling taxes on the money that we make. And Nelson says at the very bottom of that column, he says, but Suppose we could have a situation where the profits from the sale of the groceries are not subject to income taxes. Now we have eliminated one of the incentives to go out the back door with goods, okay? The only problem that remains is the human instinct to want to use the back door privilege. This urge must be overcome, your business is at stake. Let's touch on that IRS piece because people may not understand in the context of their policies, right? Yep. How are they how are they selling their peas, right? How are they selling their dollars, utilizing their dollars and making payments back and the IRS is not involved in it? Can you explain that just a little bit?
1: Well, when when you I guess uh, I'm going to do a little history lesson real quick. In okay. 1913 is when the income tax law came into play. And we'll touch on that a little further on as well in another section. But um, dividend-paying whole life insurance was the only financial product that was created prior to 1913. Everything else that was created after that was uh, a part of the income tax law. So what ends up happening is because of the way that... uh, The policy is uh, designed, the way the policy functions internally, there is a ton of internal growth that compounds and grows income tax-free. Now, here's where the uh, IRS has some rulings that works in the owner's favor, the policy owner's favor. When you take a policy loan, it is not a taxable event. So if you're utilizing those dollars and allowing them to grow income tax-free inside your policy and you're doing all of this and then accessing those dollars income tax-free, then what you're doing is you're cutting out the possibility of the IRS being over-involved in your life. Do you have to pay taxes? Absolutely. But if there was a way that you could somehow change a little bit of how the irs is involved then i would want to know about it
0: yeah so we always talk about paying the taxes on the seed so the money going into the policies um, when the dollar is at its smallest point we're paying the taxes then getting them out of the way but then it is growing and compounding guaranteed by contract you have access to them through loans yeah. you get to pay it back it i mean my my cpa doesn't know anything about my policies my <laughs> loans my loaner payments. they don't need to know any of that stuff and it's not like we're hiding anything this is how the law is set up and yeah. then as a bonus when i pass away the death benefit goes to my family tax-free that's so right that's, that's another opportunity to pass on money tax-free uh to future generations. Yeah. So that's a piece that we we don't touch on a lot in our boot camps, but I wanted to make sure that we touched on that uh just a little bit. Um there is a a, a part here where um he talks about Nelson talks about the captive audience and to <laughs> most people I know they're like why in the world would you do this? To most people he's charging 60 cents for a can of peas. That's retail. Right. But then he says well what about your captive audience? He's talking about your family family friends etc why would why wouldn't we charge them 62 cents well this leads us right into eva can you talk about that just a little bit
1: well basically what you're doing is if you're if you're overcharging for a product uh, and i don't care what the product is it could be a car it could be a mortgage it could be student loans it could be credit card debt then all you're doing is you're adding additional capital that you will have access to or availability to as you're continuing to utilize your system. So, um, a great example is when, when I take a policy loan, the insurance company charges me a interest rate to utilize those dollars. It's, it's 4.76%, big deal. But what I do is I charge myself 10% so what that does is it adds additional capital that as I pay that, those dollars back towards any policy loan that I've taken, that just adds to the, uh, the pool of money that I have availability to me. It's super great.
0: And, and for me, um, and I know you and I have had lots of talks about this, that, that 10% that you charge yourself. I would make it even simpler when we talk with people. We used to talk about percentages and all that. Right. But what right. I say is, let's make this super simple. If you have extra cash flow on a monthly basis or a lump sum, send it to your policy.
1: Period. Is the
0: best place to send your money, and and so send as much as you can.
1: Right. And it's safe. It's safe. It's
0: safe. Yep. Okay, um, Nelson does say here. Um, Uh, that he's going to revisit the grocery store later on in the book. So we will be coming back to the grocery store. Um, The lesson here, again, going back to Nelson's principles, number one is think long-term. Yep. Number two, capitalize your system. You got to build that grocery store. You got to study it. You got to understand it, just like your IBC system. And number three, we used to always say, don't steal the peas. Don't steal from yourself. Be an honest banker. Listeners, yep. thanks for joining us. Um, our next section that we're going to be digging into, which is a lot of fun, um, it is the problem. And it's, it's the problem that most of us have faced at one point in our lives or we've seen our parents face it. Again, uh, for more information, uh, additional podcasts, etc., check out our website at lifesuccesslegacy.com. Come back and join us for our next podcast.